Well, that's it for the 2022 NBA season. The Bucks go down in Game 7 in Boston, and it was not pretty. In many ways, it was, I guess, the continuation of what we've seen throughout the series. The Bucks really struggled on offense. The Celtics won the numbers game at the three-point line, and the Bucks fell away uh, late in this game. We're going to talk about if there was anything the Bucks could have done differently and look back on this series so far. So let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win on this show monday to friday no more of this weekend stuff that's done um from now on you can also find my work over at espn joining me the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast frank madden for today's episode that's brought to you by sakara sakara nutrition is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish go to sakara.com slash locked on 20 or enter code locked on 20 for 20 percent off at the checkout we'll get into that a little bit more later on and thank you for making left on bucks your first listen of every day uh, and if you're a bucks fan you're not probably happily choosing to listen to this podcast so we appreciate you doing so but the bucks go down in game seven frank and look we discussed it i think throughout this series quite honestly even when the bucks were winning games we said i, don't know, I still don't know if i feel great about the position the bucks are in you take three two you take going home and all those types of things but what we saw in Game 7 tonight felt like the avalanche that potentially could have come at any point during this series, uh, particularly with the Bucks' inability uh, to score on offense. And 81 points tonight uh, was not enough. They were obliterated at the three-point line. Across the series, outscored 327 to 171. Uh, that's just not going to cut it. No, and... You know, you look at the last three quarters, 17-21, 17 points. Um, it's just, you know, it's just not, that obviously wasn't going to be enough. And you know, I don't think Javon Carter would have turned this game around either. Um, I mean, they're just not good enough. And again, it, it's kind of, it makes you appreciate winning a championship last year even more because, I mean, even last year, there were so many games where the Bucks couldn't hit three-pointers in the playoffs and they yes. somehow overcame it because they had, you know, with Chris, you had enough playmaking, mid-range jump shooting, and obviously Giannis and, and Drew complimenting um, uh, around him. But uh, But this obviously just sort of, underscored um just how lacking the bucks are in terms of scoring depth and once again i mean i mean the the three-point shooting today i mean it's it's difficult to imagine a a worse performance by a a group of role players than than what we saw today and you know grayson allen may need to be put in the witness protection program after this series you know he finishes the bulls series so strongly and had a solid first game of this series but um, completely no shows the last two games, and obviously everyone who is calling for him to come off the bench, um, you know, let's say didn't didn't quiet any of that. But Pat Connaughton, who we thought, hey, maybe Pat Connaughton, he's been your, you know, clearly your your probably your fifth best player. Throw Pat Connaughton in the starting five. Pat was terrible too today. Uh, nobody could make any sh- jump shots. And again, as you said, I mean, you know, this was not as close as as sort of the the seven game, the fact that it went to seven games would suggest and again the bucks 
did very well stealing a couple of games in Boston, essentially stole a game at home as well. Uh, but without Chris, you know, it was obvious which team was better. And today, even with a really good start, Giannis looked like he was going to try to drag this team to at least have a chance, but uh, he had a horrible finish to the game too. I mean, four out of his last 17, just missed layups, just looked like he might've just kind of finally run out of gas um, as well. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's hard to, to say what could have, should have, you know, I mean, which is crazy because you had a game six at home to win it. Um, but you know, we saw at the, by the end of that game, Bucks just, again, just did not have enough in this series. And again, um, I, I, I picked Boston in seven. And honestly, I mean, that, that could have been a lot shorter, obviously, if, if, uh, if things broke, broke Boston's way in some of those close games. Cause when, when, uh, when the Bucks let go of the rope, the Celtics just hammered them. And again, like just the ineptitude from three and, you know, after that first game, um, the Celtics just figured out ways to to bend the defense and, and create good looks. And obviously today, not a, a typical shooting game with the Celtics hitting all those threes, but, you know, they were giving up tons of threes, especially in the fourth quarter when the Bucs were just selling out and pretty much just begging Boston to just miss threes to let them back in the game. And, and they didn't do that. So, um, so again, you know, it's not the way you want to go out knowing that you didn't have, obviously, your, your full-strength team and kind of, you again, wonder what might have been had Chris Middleton not slipped on that uh wet wet piece of floor but um but ultimately uh season's over and I guess if there's an upside it's that you have a long summer here to rest up after the shortest off season that you could have imagined especially for Drew and Chris playing the Olympics as well and so now it's a summer to kind of get right and uh, obviously summer decisions for John Horst and company to figure out how he shapes this Bucks roster around Giannis Chris and Drew yeah, you know, it's interesting because I, I mentioned the 327 to 171 from the three-point line. And even tonight, they hit 23s, but they only score 109 points. And this was kind of the interesting thing throughout the series. I think defensively, I mean, you, it, I know people, again, will point to, you know, George Hill and the easy targets, George Hill, Grayson Allen, all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, this team defensively was really good and they battled hard and they, they exerted a hell of a lot of energy. Of course, Giannis did. And I thought in this game, for most of the first half, obviously, it was a, an unfortunate finish to the half, which kind of led into, you know, perhaps the avalanche that was always going to come with Marcus Smart picking up those uh, three free throws there. But again, defensively, in the first half, I thought Brooke Lopez was spectacular at times. Giannis was obviously doing his thing. Drew and Wes uh, were, were playing their role as well. Um, but the scoring down the other end, there was just absolutely no easy offense. And people ask, well, what what happens to the Bucks shooting in the in the playoffs every single year? And it's I, I mean, part of it, yeah, I mean, the part that we will never be able to know is just the pressure. Is it is it the pressure that gets the, to these players that they have on the roster? Who knows? There's been a bunch of different guys that have come in and played for the Bucks and had similar struggles, so I don't know. But certainly in this game tonight, it's not like Grayson Allen or Pat Connaughton or even Bobby Portis were getting any easy threes. I mean, they were taking contested threes. They were taking uh, – Pat Connaughton was taking threes off the dribble, which is not his thing. And the problem was that outside of that Giannis Drew Holiday pick and roll that they ran at the top and Giannis all of a sudden was knocking down every single one of those push shot floaters from just below the free throw line, there was no easy offense. There was no way for them to score. Uh, and and that did catch up with them. 81 points is obviously a, a low point there. Is there anything else that you would have done offensively for this team to try and free things free things up? I mean, you could say run more pick and roll, but you know, then they started switching it, right? Which, you know, puts Jalen Brown on Giannis, which is, you know, at times that was, that's a good matchup, but then they can also just 
put different guys on Drew um, to to try to force um, you know again switches and, and sort of put put different guys on uh, on on Giannis on the switch. So again, like you can't expect like one action is gonna carry you from like literally this is the worst half court offense they've had all series, which is remarkable in a series where their half court offense has been garbage throughout. There were 65 points per one per play, um, which is, which is obviously terrible. And they just didn't do another uh, enough uh, other stuff. Right. I mean, they would have needed every offensive rebound imaginable uh, today. They would have needed every forced turnover today um, in order to, to kind of make up for the fact that they couldn't, they couldn't kick it into the ocean today. So, uh, so again, I mean, you know, like, it's not like there were you know, guys on the bench that would have given you that shot in the arm offensively. Javon Carter clearly is not giving you an offensive shot in the arm. Um, you know, Jordan Wara. I don't. I, I even Bucks fans, as angry as Bucks fans were, I didn't notice at least in in my quaint part of the of the Twitterverse anybody cl- clamoring. I saw for, one tweet for Jordan I Wara. One. I saw one, <laughs> and it was like late in the third quarter, and the tweet was basically like, "Well, we may as well, we may as well put him on the floor because nothing else is working." But you're right. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't too many options coming off the bench there. Yeah, and Giannis, I mean, Giannis was was ineffective offensively at the end of the day today. 25 points on 25 shots. Did have nine assists, but, you know, a bunch of turnovers. He just got tired, I think. Um, and I, I don't know, I mean, tired may have been part of it, but, I mean, the middle two quarters, some of the layups he missed, I you know, I don't really, I can't explain necessarily what was going on with some of those misses. It, it felt like games one and two a little bit where it just seemed like he was, I don't know, just tight or something. I don't know. But you needed, again, you needed Giannis to be like greatest player in the history of game level Giannis, um, greatest greatest player in the history of the game level Giannis, and you know in the second half you just had nothing close to that. <laughs> again, it's not fair to expect a lot more from Giannis. He pretty much did what you, you know, really what you could have hoped. Again, really didn't have an efficient series, even though he ultimately put up a ton of counting stats. He shot 46% from the field in the series. Um, so not high efficiency, but obviously in this series, it's not like, even as you pointed out, I mean, as much as the Celtics made threes, I mean, they didn't blow the doors off offensively even today. I think they had a below average offensive rating uh, looking at cleaning the glass. Yeah, they were in the 35th percentile, I think, for cleaning per cleaning glass at, at 108.2 offensive rating. So, um, so, you know, again, I think the defense gave you a chance, but... Uh, the Celtics defense was just better, right? I mean, the Bucks, the Bucks defense had to rely on the Celtics missing shots, and the, the Celtics defense didn't have to really rely on that. I mean, again, the Bucks missed a ton of shots, but as you said, the open shots clearly favored Boston, and they also just, you know, hit hit contested shots too. And at the end of the day, we can talk about shooting luck and things like that, but as I always say, seven game series, it's it's a, these are just a series of small samples, and Unfortunately, we've seen it, you know, for four years now, it seems like the Bucks never shoot well <laughs> in the postseason. And, you know, that's part of basketball, making open shots, pretty important part of NBA <laughs> basketball. And when you just don't do it in over a seven game series and the other team does it way better than you, it's hard to sit back and say like, oh, it's just bad luck. Oh, they just got lucky. It's like, oh, it happens in a quarter or a half or something like that. You'd say like, oh, bad luck. But um, when it happens every game, then I think you just have to look in the mirror and just say, well, they're defending those shots better. And our guys just, you know, aren't, aren't up for it. They're just, they're just, you know, whatever it is too small for the moment, not good enough, whatever it is. Um, and clearly, you know, some of those, some, especially some of the Bucks role players, you know, Bobby hit a three today, Brooke hit a three today, but you know, those guys, um, those guys haven't made shots. And then, you know, I mean, the guards and wings were just, I mean, 
mean, they, the shooting from them was was terrible for most of the series. Pat was the only guy that really had some bright spots. When you think about kind of the, the wing shooting, at least, you know, Wes had a couple here and there, but mainly he was obviously just out there to play defense. So, so yeah, just, uh, you know, uh, just not good enough. And there you have it, you know, losing in seven um, is, is, is never, never a good feeling, but um, you know, you had a chance to win this in six. And I think after game six, I think probably a lot of us felt like, yeah, that was probably it. You're probably not going to win a third road game in this series. And uh, obviously, you know, stuck around for half today, but ultimately they just weren't good enough. Well, you mentioned looking in the mirror. And speaking of looking in the mirror, uh, now is the time to be feeling your best. And now is the time to seek wellness, joy, and abundance in all areas of your life, starting with what you eat with our friends at Sakara. You get nutrient-dense meals, snacks, and supplements that nourish your body without ever sacrificing taste or quality. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. Sakara gives you the tools you need to transform your life with their organic, ready-to-eat meal delivery program and functional wellness essentials. Their nutritionally designed, chef-crafted breakfast, lunch, and dinners are made with powerful, rich ingredients, helping boost your energy, support your digestion, curb your sugar cravings, and get your skin glowing. Plus, it's all delivered right to your door and ready to eat. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash locked on 20 or enter the code locked on 20 at the checkout that's sakara s-a-k-a-r-a.com slash locked on 20 to get 20 percent off your first order sakara.com slash locked on uh all right well let's uh cut to the chase here frank uh as is always the case when the bucks lose if you do go for a brief scroll through Twitter, uh, Twitter, and I'm looking at my phone here as it's lighting up with notifications and uh, everyone's emotions are running high right now. And you would be surprised to know that people are once again calling for the firing of Mike Budenholzer. Now, I, I would sit back and say... Who are, who are these people? I mean, it's like there's dumb people out there. I mean, that's just reality, right? Like, is anybody with like half a brain sitting around saying they need to fire, fire Mike Budenholzer? Not sure. I can't confirm or deny whether whether there is or not. But the but the point being, I mean, we discussed it a bit before heading into Game Seven, and I think, and this is to me personally, I think that this series came down to not having the guys without Chris Milton rather than anything particularly that Bud did coaching wise. Again, uh, the Bucks are good defensively. People will look and say, "Well, why did Grant Williams have so many open threes? Well. I would suggest if you said before game seven that Grant Williams was going to attempt 23s and historically, right, you're the one who has the stat, the plus 53s, whatever it is. Generally, when teams are shooting that many threes and when guys like Grant Williams are shooting that many threes is because they're not generating anything else. Now, the Celtics offensively, again, only scored 109 points despite hitting 23s. They didn't get much else anywhere else. Uh, Offensively, they'll point to the lineups and they'll say, well, you shouldn't have started Grayson Allen. I understand that. We discussed what the potential options were. Could you start Pat Connaughton? Um, maybe. Uh, I don't think that was going to help this team score. I don't think that Grayson Allen was so destructive defensively tonight that it made a huge difference um, to to the end game. So I guess based on what we spoke about before the game, would you have changed anything here, uh, and maybe it is just simple as starting Pat. I'm not sure. But again, I'm not walking away from this series saying, geez, starting Pat Connaughton, the Bucks would be in the conference finals right now. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that would have been the obvious thing to do. I mean, um, ironically, Grayson Allen was only minus 
only minus five tonight. Giannis and and Brooke and Drew and Wes were all min- minus nineteen or worse. So, you know, it wasn't it wasn't just an Allen problem today. His, his plus minus numbers were way worse in some of the previous games. Uh, but you know, zero for six from the field at one point in twenty two minutes. Um, you know, okay. I think when you think of, when you think about the Bucks um, and and kind of ahead to next year, I think the obvious thing is like you know you can't go into next year saying like, okay, Grayson Allen is your starting shooting guard. And that's like, just what we're going to do for and be ready for that, for the playoffs. You know, I think he's clearly not earned that, that right. And there's a reason why Wes Matthews took his starting job late in the season. And that was obviously, I think proven to be the right move, um, uh, you know, when, when it happened. And unfortunately, you know, Grayson Allen ends up going back in the starting five uh, because of the Chris injury eventually right obviously they went to bobby first as in the starting group and and eventually kind of went away from that as well so uh yeah i mean again like you know you kind of look at it like you know wes is 35 right he'll be 36 next season um i'd still happily take west back you know I, I don't think there's any question that that you'd love to bring west back on a uh on a cheap deal again um but now you know clearly you can't count on grayson allen i think to be a playoff player for you. He's, he's a bench guy and you hope that, you know, maybe in series you, you can have a good matchup and, and make some shots. But, um, uh, but that's obviously going to be the question. Cause you know, I don't think just starting Pat Connaughton is, is, you know, again, the, the thing that's going to save everything, right. He was two points on one out of six shooting tonight, minus 17. So obviously Pat just didn't have it, uh, this, this game either. So, um, that, that might've been my short-term fix, uh, you know, but I think obviously, uh, over the summer, the the question is going to be how do you add some depth on the wing? Because I mean, look, if Chris Middleton is out for an extended period, like it doesn't really matter, right? Like we yeah. talked a lot about how the Bucks were going to be screwed if Brook Lopez was hurt uh, going into the playoffs. I mean, unfortunately, this was a bad series for Brook overall. He had a he actually had a good game today, which kind of got wiped out, um, obviously by by the the way the whole game kind of swung against them. But you know, he really came to play, was involved early um used his size again it felt like okay good like you know brooke lopez game seven brooke lopez as we saw last year in game seven he actually showed up and you know he's always been one of those kind of more reliable guys but for the most part pretty rough series for brooke i think the robert williams absence um really hurt him and his ability to just kind of stay on the court and and not have the whole team be stretched out too much um because again brooke helping off of grant williams brooke helping off of uh you know smaller guys who can at least shoot three a little bit, right? I mean, they, they kind of got lucky a little bit with, with Derek White, who will be happy to have everybody ignore the fact that he went one for 10 today. Um, but uh, but overall, um, you know, just just a just a really tough series. And obviously, I think you look at the roster now, obviously, um, you have a, a whole offseason for Chris to get right, for the rest of the guys to get healthy. Um, you're going to have to re-sign Brooke and – or sorry, Bobby and Pat, which – as bad as and uneven as this series was for for Bobby and you know obviously not nothing not, not a great last game for Pat um I think those are guys you have to bring back just because of how limited your options are otherwise and then I think the question is you know okay yeah you'd like to bring West back but then really you'd like to have one more wing um and again like every team in the league you want wings who can make threes and and play defense join the club right everybody wants those players you're going to have a first round pick you know do you pick pick a player and try to help that sort of helps helps you over the next few years. Do you try to trade that for, for depth um, on the wing? We'll, we'll see, but certainly you look back on the Serge Ibaka trade, you know, again, I don't, 
does Dante DiVincenzo swing this series? Maybe not, but certainly um, that deal looks looks pretty terrible in, in hindsight, just given that Brooke comes back and then Serge looked look pretty washed. Um, so anyway, um, you know, I, I think again, it's just the end of the day, you weren't good enough. And if you don't, you know, if you don't make some improvements, you may not be good enough again next year, right? Because Boston certainly, they're not going to go anywhere with with the age of their team. You know, we'll see what Horford's future looks like. He's really the only kind of old old guy on the roster who who may have some question marks about in terms of his aging curve. I tell you what, we'll always be good this season and next season as well. And that's Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar that has ever been made. Uh, we've been talking about the birthday cake puffs for a while now, and imagine dipping your finger into the plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing that it was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That's what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. Uh, and maybe that's what you need today. Maybe that's what's going to help you get through the day. I just received my birthday cake puffs and I've never uh, I've never had anything like this. They're available right now and we can't promise that they will be there tomorrow. So go get them today at Built.com. All Built puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it, and they are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and has uh, tons of health benefits as well. So go to built.com to get a birthday cake puffs right now. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. So just for the record, I also am uh, anti uh, fire but I, I was last year i still am now but i just wanted to put that on the record i mean I, I, you worried I, that were you worried that i was accusing you of only having half a brain king well there's probably been some things that i've said on this podcast over the last few years that could lead you to believe that that may be the case <laughs> but uh yes no i'd like to think i've got a full fully functioning uh brain up there but <laughs> well this can't can't guarantee it but you you mentioned brooke lopez and, and it it's unfortunate because I mean, ultimately, when you talk about the changes the Bucks need to make in the roster, yes, of course, we went through the other day and you just sort of mentioned it. The trade at the time made sense because they wanted the insurance. And if you don't have Brooke Lopez, but I don't know. I mean, to me, we said this the whole time. If the Bucks didn't have one of Drew, one of Chris, well, obviously they didn't have Giannis, then they weren't going to win the title. I didn't even think they could win the title if they didn't have Brooke Lopez. So <laughs> this this doesn't feel like... Like to me, like I remember we did the pod two years ago, Frank, or whenever it was after the Bucks lost to Miami. And that was a pretty depressing time. Uh, at that point, you didn't know what was going on with Giannis. They hadn't won a title. And it just felt that that was a that was a bad ending. Now they got blown out in game seven. I understand that that sucks. But it felt like coming into the series to me, and some of our listeners said that we had no faith, Frank. We had no faith in the Bucks. But it just to me seemed like it was going to be a tall mountain to climb without Chris Milton. And I think, the, I guess the other thing, we, we should probably, or I certainly walk away. I mean, I've always been a Chris guy. Everyone always gets into me for supporting Chris Milton to the to the bitter end. But uh, we've had all these conversations and it's a Twitter conversation. Who's the second best player in the box? And we've also said, well, always said, well, it doesn't really matter who's the second best player in the box is. It's kind of a useless conversation. But what we did learn from this series is that it's difficult to rely on Drew Holiday offensively. To, to be the guy that you need to get 25 to 30 points a night out, which is what Chris Middleton did for this team last year. Uh, Drew's just a different player. And he was a, he's the perfect player with this trio that we know that have had great success and won a title together. But it was a tough offensive series for Drew as well. And, and we saw this in last year's postseason as well. He does so much on the defensive end. He won them a damn game on the defensive end. So it's not criticism. We obviously love Drew, but 
you know, offensively, it is tough if you're relying and, and requiring him to be a, a guy that can score from the perimeter. Yeah, I mean, you just needed some explosive scoring games at some point from some yeah. <laughs> from somebody, and you really didn't get them from anybody. I mean, what Giannis had, I think, two games where he shot better than 50%. I mean, it was a slog for Giannis offensively, and uh, it was a slog for, for Drew offensively, and, you know, go, go right on down the list, so... Um, you know, a lot of that's just the Celtics defense. This was by far, I think the best defense, um, that we've seen. I think the only other defense that you can compare, uh, this to, as far as, you know, teams of the Bucks have seen in the playoffs would have been the Raptors, uh, in 2019. Um, as much as, you know, I think the heat were pretty good too. I think a lot of that, you know, just came down to Giannis being hurt and, and just things kind of not going their way. But, um, but yeah, I mean, again, it was just, uh, uh, great defense by by Boston and they really kind of dictated kind of the terms of engagement and you know really none of the the Bucks just really could never punish them for uh for playing kind of one-on-one right um Giannis did it and, and certainly for extended stretches but you know even Giannis when he was scoring 40 points a game um you know he had to take a lot of shots to do that and it never got to the point where, you know, they were just collapsing and it was opening up those, those were wide open threes, right? We saw that in game one. That was really the only time where they really had to send a ton of help uh, against Giannis. So, um, you know, I, I always think back to last year's finals and kind of wonder like, man, Monty Williams, like he just really just let DeAndre Ayton and Jay Crowder just get murdered, like for six games by Giannis. Like, you know, part of me is still like, man, I can't believe they never really showed more help against Giannis. But this is one of those series where you sort of are reminded um, that if you can do that, and if you have guys that can at least hold their own, um, it can be a winning strategy, right? Because it forces other guys to make shots and obviously no Chris Middleton to, to really help punish um, and, and, be one of the other guys um it uh it just was was too hard for the bucks i know we've and, and yeah we tend to do this a, a little bit with the honest when we talk about what he was able to do in this series or tonight i guess some of those misses that you know again if you're the bucks uh you really couldn't afford to have those misses and when you held to the standards that he is it is shocking when he misses those those shots but overall in this series 40 minutes per game 33.9 points, 14.7 rebounds, 7.1 assists. Uh, and he actually shot 25% from three, which for the Bucs, uh, that's actually not bad. It was a, a hot, some hot shooting out there from Giannis as well. But I, I honestly, there was a point in this series, and I think it was uh, you know, a few games ago. I can't remember exactly what game it was when I was looking at Giannis and just actually thinking to myself, I don't even know how this man is physically still able to do what he's doing on the floor and play to the level he's playing. Some of those fourth quarters, like we've seen Giannis exhausted in the past. We saw what he did last year in the finals. But um, for all the talk of what the other guys weren't able to do, Giannis' ability to just never, ever stop coming. And even late in this game, and it didn't mean anything, but he's full court playing full court defense on the Celtics. And I'm guessing that part of it was just frustration on his part. Then he picks Tatum, runs down, and has a dunk. And I'm just like... I, I, it's just, it's incredible to watch watch this guy. And that's why you know that he's going to come back and you know that he's going to be better next year and as he is every single year. But this series, even though the, the Bucks lost, I know you spoke about it on the previous podcast that you just wanted him to to go out and prove that, you know, he's still, he's the you know, best player in the world and he's capable uh, of having a series. Uh, it, it, we, we've spoke about it, but to me, it's still shocking that this was, series was able to go to seven and it was because of him. 
and it's it's just a, it's a pleasure to watch him. I don't know how he does it. He's, it's the most ridiculous experience I've had watching an individual athlete in any sport, what he's able to do uh, with his body. But uh, certainly no shame for him to put up 34, 15, and 7 in a seven-game series against this defense. Yeah, I mean, that to me, that's kind of the... It's kind of weird when I was thinking about, you know, the, you know, what we would take from this series. That was kind of like what I you know, sort of came back to in, in a weird way. It was, I mean, as much as you obviously, you want to repeat, you want to win series, obviously that's the, the main thing. But, um, you know, my I, I really wanted Giannis to to just to, to make his own statement, uh, showing that, you know, he could keep this series at least close by himself. Um, I, I don't think, you know, next year going into the season, there's going to be the same, you know, KD being 1A or some other guy being 1A uh, over Giannis. I think people are going to, probably realize that you know he's the single most dominant player in the league and um you know was the only reason they even had anything re- remotely resembling a chance in this series so um so yeah i mean again we're just we're lucky that we get to watch him do what he does i'm so thankful we got to see him win a championship in milwaukee you know the banner will will fly forever no matter what um if if you know they have bad luck the rest of the way you know, they can never take that away from you. And um, so now, you know, again, I don't want to say like everything else is gravy because I think everybody wants to get a little greedy and, and win another championship. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, again, it's just, it's a privilege to watch him. We're never going to see another guy like him, certainly not in Milwaukee, maybe not anywhere. Um, and, uh, you know, you just hope, um, you just hope he can continue to stay healthy and that we get to keep watching him do this hopefully deeper into the playoffs next year hopefully the rest of the team stays healthy and you know plays at a, at a higher level because obviously the the supporting cast just did not live up to certainly Giannis's high bar but you know we know Giannis he's not gonna sit around and and blame anybody else for for this uh for this result um you know he talked a lot about kind of the the fact that he always looks at failure as you know a chance to learn and get better and um I'm sure he's going to be thinking about that this summer. And obviously that's the challenge for the Bucks overall. You know, how do they kind of learn something from this? And <laughs> you know, obviously there's some quick jokes we can make about what they learned about their, their roster and uh, their weaknesses, especially offensively in this series. But, uh, but now obviously the, the focus changes. Now we, you know, let the players take the summers off, work on their games, take care of their bodies. And, you know, now the, obviously the pressure shifts to, uh, to the front office and John Horst and company to, um, to give them more weapons and kind of help address the, the obvious problems that they had, especially scoring in this series. Yeah. It was a couple of seasons ago when, when John Horst spoke about getting guys like Bryn Forbes and these guys that they thought could translate to playoff shooting. They haven't quite found the mix just yet, just yet. They haven't quite found that mix. And I think I mentioned it after game two, that Grayson Allen was flirting with a, the Bryn Forbes Ian, uh, postseason, well, he, uh, I think we can confirm uh, that was the case. Uh, although, but uh, through probably, I guess, the limitations I had with the guys continued to play, which perhaps made it feel a little bit worse than uh, than what we saw last year. And the Bucks won last year, so that was obviously uh, changing things. But just last one on Giannis. Uh, yeah, we just, he's always so positive and he's always so supportive of his teammates. But there was a couple of times where I was just watching him after he dished out a beautiful pass for a three that once again clanged off the rim or clanged off the backboard. And I was thinking there must be part of him inside. That's just like, you fucking serious guys. Is there any danger? <laughs> Is there any danger of you guys hitting a shot 
Uh, and the other thing I noticed, uh, this was pregame, actually, uh, when he was just getting ready for the first jump ball. He obviously wears the long uh, white uh, tights, but he was uh, he, he he definitely adjusted. He had some compression or something on his knee underneath the white tights, and we know he's carrying all sorts of injuries, and he's had been flexing that knee multiple occasions throughout this series. So your point about these guys getting some rest, uh, if we know Giannis, he'll probably be in the gym within the next 48 hours getting shots up, but uh, perhaps not putting his body through the torture that he does uh, on a nightly basis for at least a couple of months will be a, will be a nice thing for him to get some rest uh, along with the rest of these guys uh, here as well. Any, any final thoughts, Frank, for the, uh, before we uh, inevitably, as we always do have to switch our attention to the off season mode a little earlier than last year. No, I mean, I guess the, the, on the bright side, I mean, just thinking back to last year, obviously it paid off in the best way possible, but, my God, four rounds of playoffs was also exhausting. So I guess in a weird way, I will appreciate just being able to kind of, you know, forget about basketball to a large extent um, and and not have the the stress. I mean, this 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 series, I was I was really nervous going into Friday's game because it was like, oh, crap, this is like the chance to end this series. You know, felt like if you blow this, you know, it's going to be Mission Impossible on Sunday. Um, so Friday was the really disappointing one right today it's like yeah you know it's just they just sucked you know <laughs> I mean, it's just like offensively it's just like well if you're gonna be garbage like you know it is what it is um but uh but yeah i mean i think friday was obviously the one that that really felt like it it was the one that got away um and uh and and again you know you got it close what was it four points or whatever it was in the fourth quarter and you kind of let, let 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 go of the rope um, so it's, it's frustrating and, you know, obviously it, you, you wish things go, go differently, but again, I, and I, I can't even imagine how frustrating, you know, it would be without the, you know, w- without just the knowledge in the back of your head that like, you have seen this team win a championship, you've seen Giannis oh. drop 50 in a game six, like that, that in and of itself, like just dulls a lot of kind of the, the angst pretty significantly like knowing that you that you won a championship already knowing that chris middleton is out and you were you know fighting uphill the entire way in this series regardless um you know obviously yeah you wish you could have you could have you know pulled it out in game six but um but look i mean i'm 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 not gonna have a hard time sleeping tonight uh you know because of because of (laughs) because of this game um you know i don't think there was any i don't think there was any single you know, a single thing that just could have been tweaked or whatever. And again, it's not to say that like, I mean, they're so bad offensively, like Bud and, and the coaches have have to think long and hard about like, man, what could we have done differently um, to, to try to create a better, more functional offense. Um, so it's not to absolve people from blame and just say like, well, you won a championship. So who cares what happens from here on out? But, um, but it is kind of is what it was, what it was. And um, you know, I, uh, I I will I will not miss the stress of of last year's playoff run, but by the same <laughs> token, um, you know, obviously, you just always you always hope that your team can kind of keep extending it and give yourself a chance at a championship. Just didn't happen this year, but you know, once you've been to the mountaintop, uh, thankfully that that I think sort of changes uh, changes the way that you kind of process sports and how seriously you have to take stuff. So uh, hopefully, everybody is thinking fondly back on, you know, a year ago and kind of the journey we've been in, you know, uses the summer to kind of take a deep breath. And um, again, we can, we'll, we'll be back to debate what they should do and can do and how they do it and what they might do differently. But um, 
but again, I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's not the time for me to be angry. I think it's more the time to kind of be appreciative of, of all the other things good, uh, mostly good that, that we had over the past year. And we can worry about kind of the details of summer. So for those that, uh, are new around these, uh, parts, uh, the podcast will continue to roll on. Now it's you know, a little difficult for me to consider what the hell I'm going to talk about for the next three or four months, but we will continue to roll on. We've got, look, the draft coming up uh, in a few weeks or in a month, uh, summer league, all sorts of things. So we'll have podcasts right throughout the off season as well. So uh, make sure you still check us out, whether it's on YouTube or on the audio platforms. Also check out the Locked On NBA podcast. Uh, I'll be on there today. I'm not sure if you want to hear any more about uh, this this game that we watched today, but if you do, uh, I'll be on it. So check out the Locked On NBA podcast every day as well on the network. Uh, Frank, uh, I believe this is uh, I think this is season three in the books for me with Locked On Bucks. Uh, again, another season of speaking to you for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours about this uh, about this team. It's uh, I got worse things to do with my time. <laughs> Likewise, friend. Um, <laughs> I would have would have liked another uh, another month of this, but. You know, yes. so it goes, and um, we'll we'll find stuff to talk about, even uh, even with the. I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, doing it, you know, especially for you, doing it fewer than five times a week probably will be a, a much a much welcome uh, thing this this summer here to maybe take a take a little bit of the load off here uh, from our our normal podcast schedule. No doubt. All right, we will be back the next couple of days. Though we'll continue to break this down. The Bucks are obviously going to have exit interviews. We'll hear from them uh, post game here as well, so we'll be able to. Touch on that and see what they're all saying as the Bucks uh, now uh, try to get it back together and uh, start to look ahead already to next season. But we'll be here on the Lockdown Bucks podcast. But now for Frank, myself, take it easy. We'll speak to you guys next time.